0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today at BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leader in below-the-belt grooming. Head over to manscaped.com and use promo code SGP for 20% off your order and free shipping. And of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our pics and podcasts. Yes, sir. Welcome into the NBA Gambling Podcast. I am your host Terrell Furman Jr. And it is Thursday, so you know what that means. I'm in the driver's seat. I got my right hand man, my boy, my guy, Scott Rochelle over here in the passenger. Scott, what's up?
1: Nothing much. Having a good week. How's, how's it going with you? Oh, man. I, we are
0: just out here making people a lot of money. A lot of money. We gave out Last night, John Morant, 40-plus, Devin Booker, 40-plus, and we gave out LaMelo 3D last night. That's, that's ridiculous. LaMelo was at 13-1, and the others were somewhere around 7-8-1. to
1: I was going to so. ask what the price was on LaMelo. I know he got that. I don't know if he officially got that in the third quarter or the start of the fourth, but when you score 158, the point guard better get a triple-double. Oh, absolutely. And
0: LaMelo just owns the Pacers. He just owns the Pacers. He went crazy in all four games against the Pacers. Three of them were near triple doubles. He finally gets it on the fourth one. So I can't wait till next year. I'm just going to max out everything LaMelo against the Pacers because obviously he owns them.
1: That Pacers team's... I mean, of course, they're missing a bunch of guys. So they weren't good to begin with, but you can kind of excuse how they've played recently. But... That Pacers team stinks, man. They are really, really bad. We're talking about teams before we went on air that might need to make some moves by the deadline, that might need to, let's just say, blow it all up, so to speak. Indiana's got to be at the top of that list because you bring in Carlisle, you bring in some veteran leadership in the head coaching department, a guy that actually won a title before. I believe we've talked about Carlisle briefly. On this show together, I don't mm-hmm. think he's a great coach. I think he's extremely overrated, but yeah, at no point have they looked one-hit close wonder. to anything this season.
0: Yeah, he's a one-hit wonder. Like, there's some there's some coaches that are one-hit wonders. He might be a one-hit wonder. And, you know, the lack of defense, they just don't care about defense. And here mm-hmm. he doesn't have the support staff to go and put up 130-plus every single night.
1: So, Well, we were talking about the Knicks before it we went on air, and sorry to bring that up, but – you basically said you want the entire team gone besides about two, three guys. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think Sabonis is a potential, let's just say, trading option for the Knicks if you want to potentially move a Randall type?
0: Yeah, I would. I would. I think Sabonis would be a nice piece, especially because it's, it depends on how they'll u- utilize him. So the Knicks' issue for so long is they didn't have a two point guard, they didn't mm-hmm. have a two point guard, somebody that would facilitate offense. And I don't know how having a point center, point forward, whatever we're calling them, would work for them. I don't really necessarily know how that will gel. But I'm open to trying everything. More than likely, and what's probably going to happen, is they're probably going to end up trading for Zion. And that's probably going to be the biggest mistake. Of Well, not the biggest, because we've had a bunch of mistakes. But it's going to rank there very high of the mistakes that the Knicks have done.
1: I'm assuming you mean that because you don't think Zion can stay healthy.
0: Stay healthy. I don't think he can live up to the expectations that were put forth. It's a lot. And so we haven't even seen him this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on, but we haven't seen him this year.
1: Well, I I said when we did some win totals with Munaf, I didn't think he would play this year just because I figured by the time he would be able to come back, New Orleans would be so far in the basement that they wouldn't even bother. And that kind of seems like that's what's happening right now.
0: And it feels like ever since he blew his, well, not blew his knee out, but he hurt his knee. The shoe against North Carolina. Yeah, Yeah, everybody's been so overly cautious with Mm -hmm. him. What is the point of a car if you're not gonna put miles on it? Why? What what's the purpose?
1: Well, I think the point is is that he of course had the great year with New Orleans after they coddled him for the first year, second year, he was great. Then he got injured again with the foot, and everyone just thinks that he's so good and so young that they can't risk forcing him into doing anything. But the problem with that is, what's the point of giving him the keys to the franchise if you're too afraid to actually play him?
0: Yeah, it's just, there's no point. And then people have gotten fired over this. Like, New Orleans has fired people over this decision, and it just doesn't make any sense. So I don't know what the fuck. At least get – like, you could do a Dwight Howard and get the early prime years of him really, really good and then just ruin the fucking his career because he gets hurt and all that shit.
1: So that's the thing that I feel like a lot of people kind of – it's of course, it's a kind of a rude way to think about it, but it's honest. You can talk about how the Pelicans probably know long-term as soon as Zion wants to test, he's gone. Like, he's not, yeah. not going to stay in New Orleans for 10, 15 years. No. So no. – if you want to treat him like a running back in the NFL and give him 300 carries in his first two seasons because you know that he's not yes. going to be around for season seven. Yes, do it. I mean, shit. That's do the it. comparison I would use.
0: Like, fucking do it. It's fine. I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. And so.
1: No, I don't know now, how bad the foot injury is it, now, but for injuries past, I agree with you.
0: It, this is feeling very Greg Oden-like. It is, It is. is very much giving those vibes. And that. He's just not going to ever do anything ever, which is sad because he actually has a skill set that is more than just dunking the basketball
1: yeah he's a great but, he's a great player,
0: but yeah, yeah, like he's good, but you know it was unrealistic expectations ahead of him, like there was way too unrealistic expectations ahead of him, and now. They're afraid to play him. And maybe a chain of senior is necessary so somebody says, hey, we're going to fucking play this guy. I don't like. I don't care if you're feeling a little nicked up. Everybody's nicked up. It's the NBA. Everybody is feeling something. Go play. And, I mean, I don't want to put nobody at risk, but it really feels like that they're coddling this man. This is ridiculous.
1: I can see a, a situation where he could end up on a team that's contending for something, and they give him the... Kawhi treatment they'll play him occasionally no back-to-backs and no whatever and then as soon as the playoffs come around here's 38 minutes I could see a team doing that
0: but I don't even see I can't even do that I'm not saying that
1: you're a fan of that move I'm just saying no, 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 what no. I can yeah, personally no. see
0: I yeah I can see it kind of but why would you even do that because at least you've seen Kawhi be healthy and play mm. we haven't seen him we haven't seen him be healthy and play We've we seen Kawhi go out and win an NBA championship completely healthy. And, and then when the injury happened, then it's like, all right, we know Kawhi can do this stuff. He doesn't have to go out here and get all this run and develop his game as a player. We know he can do all this stuff, and he'll just come out when we need him. We don't know what Zion can do at all.
1: Yeah, we've only seen glimpses from the one year that he had where he was fantastic, but, of course, he got Half injured year. at the end of it. So Three, that's. Four. Yeah.
0: three-fourths whatever mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous I'm tired of talking about Zion I don't even know how we got on this topic well this I was year. gonna ask As though about the
1: Pacers just go back to that because 158 is a number that jumps out now mm-hmm. I mentioned Sabonis I said on the prop cast months ago I think the perfect trade for the Knicks to make would be for a Malcolm Brogdon type are you a Brogdon guy do you think he'd be a good fit in New York I just don't. I don't know if you can say healthy, but you you talked about a true point guard. I do feel like Brogdon kind of fits the mold that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I feel – yeah, he does. And this is my thing, and I think that's where my issues are going to lie with the Knicks. I'm tired of just doing things to tread water Mm -hmm. and just put a good – Like at the end of the day, the point is to win championships. At the end of the day, that's the point of every single team. Is every single team going to reach that? No. But that is what every single team should be striving for. And so, a Brogdon move would be very nice if you had s- a superstar. Mm-hmm. If you had yeah. somebody. And so, at this point in time, nobody's coming here. We done already came to that fact. Nobody's coming come to play for us.
1: Do you, blame for do-, do you blame Dolan for that? Or what do you blame for that? Yeah, 100% blame Dolan. I blame
0: everything on Dolan. But... So what I'm saying is, is that I think that you have to just focus on draft, just focus on draft, focus on developing talent, get a front office, get a coaching staff, get a development staff that is focused on developing talent and you just got to strike gold in draft. And when you strike Golden Draft, you better be ready to pull it. You better not have no long-term contracts, no nothing. You better have the necessary space to pull the trigger and get the pieces around
1: them. Are you a Thibodeau guy for the future, or you've kind of had enough?
0: Um, I, would, I, I, would like, I would like Tibbs if he would just get off this mindset of – this fly is going to get on my nerves – if he would just get off this mindset of, I got to play these certain guys 40 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't have no type of rotation. There's no reason we shouldn't be going 10 deep every night.
1: I'm also saying when 11. you have the worst or one of the worst starting lineups in the league in terms of plus minus, you yeah, should probably like, switch up the lineups maybe the second week of the season.
0: Yeah, we like. there's no reason we can't go 10, 12 deep. Jericho Sims is a great backup center.
1: I don't know why he never well, plays. I, I liked him in college. No,
0: Yeah, no idea. Jericho Sims is a great backup center. We just got Cam Thomas. Maybe you're trying to get him working him in. I would at least get him some more run than one game of four minutes. You know, maybe it's the ankle. I don't know what it is. It looks Cam like they Thomas. traded
1: Kevin Knox just to give Cam Reddish the same role as Kevin Knox.
0: Yeah, Cam. Yeah, so I don't know. That's ridiculous. And then we got, so we got Reddish, we got Quickly, we got Burks, we got, (laughs) we have a lot of good pieces, Grimes is over there, we have a lot of good pieces that can go deep, OB Toppin's coming off the bench, it's a lot of good pieces, but, and we should probably just go ahead and segue this into our breakdown of the Atlantic Division today, but the Knicks have a lot of good pieces, they just don't play them because fucking Julius Randle and Evan Fournier are playing 40 minutes a night. Yeah. So, we're just going to go ahead straight off and segue into our breakdown of the language division. We're going to start at the bottom since we're already talking about them. The New York Knicks, currently with a record of twenty-three and twenty-six, they are last place in the division. Preseason win total of forty-one and a half. Now is currently at thirty-seven and a half. I was high on the Knicks coming into the season. I thought that they would somehow be able to make this. Make the magic that happened last year at least continue so it may not be, hey, we're going for first, we're going for second, we're going for third, but they could hang around the fourth through sixth spots in the East. I I very much thought that was a possibility, and how close the East is right now, it possibly is a little bit of a possibility that they're hanging around the seventh spot. But ultimately, watching this team, this team just doesn't look good. This team just doesn't look good. There's, there's nights where they're just completely out of sync. They get manhandled by the good teams, and they struggle at times with the bad teams. And they're literally just treading water. That is completely what this season is. They're just treading water. So <sighs> this 37.5 is probably pretty accurate of where they finish. I don't know what the Knicks are a playoff team. Maybe a, maybe a play-in team. I don't know if they're a play team.
1: I know we talked about them last week, and I said that the price was around 5-1. to one. Not going to lie, I thought they would beat the Pelicans when we had this conversation last week. Yes, we very much did. And they, I believe, were trailing for about 98% of that game. They lost by mm-hmm. double digits. So it was a complete no-show against a terrible road team. And that has spiraled because they've continued to lose and they got embarrassed by Miami yesterday. Miami's a very good team, but they weren't really even close in that contest, so it is what it nope. is. The issue that I have with looking at the Knicks' updated win total is the fact that if you like the over, do you think that they are going to keep this exact roster past the trade deadline? Because we had the conversation all the time. We mentioned it with some teams, like the Pacers, for example, who you couldn't really take an over with because they might blow up the entire team. And I'm not saying the Knicks are going to blow up the entire team, but do, you just said that the team's going to have to rebuild through finding some gems in the draft, which yeah. I think is a fair assessment. Now, the question I have for you, do you think the Knicks start to sell at the deadline And I do think there's a good chance that Barrett's untouchable, as far as I'm concerned, unless they have a very solid trade package for a superstar. Randall might be tradable, but with that contract and how he's played this year, I'm not sure if somebody would gamble on him. I think everybody else is fair game. So the question that I have is, do you think the Knicks are going to be willing to pull the trigger to sell at the deadline, or do you think they're just going to keep what they have, probably finish with... 35 wins, miss the playoffs, and then look at, go into the offseason and try to trade some stuff?
0: I can't even see who they think is going to come in and make this team that much better.
1: Well, that's the point, is that if, if you think that, that there's nobody midseason yeah. that can help, they might who, just blow it all up. But if that's the case, I can't take it over.
0: Yeah, who reasonably would they trade for that they sit here and say that they're going to make us a whole bunch, a whole lot better? You can't move Evan Fournier. I would actually believe I would actually believe that somebody would be interested in Evan Fournier if he didn't have that massive contract. I could I could see him being moved if he didn't have that massive contract. So how do you move him?
1: I don't think you can. Um, it's, the first, it's the first year too, so I don't think you can move he, that contract. And I
0: don't think that he does something drastic like change. Like I think Evan Fournier needs to just be dropped out of the lineup. He just doesn't need to be in the lineup. I'd rather see Grimes in there playing.
1: Well, the truth is that's the issue the NBA has had because the Nets did the same thing with the Joe Harris type you pay a bunch of money for three-point exclusive shooting guys. And if they're not making their threes or they don't just simply put, take enough of them, they're a negative in pretty much every other aspect of basketball. Because Joe Harris, as a Nets fan, I can attest to it that he has missed the majority of the year because of injury. Have I missed him at all? Not really. Because when he's not making three-pointers, he can't really dribble, he can't really pass, he can't really defend. I don't really know what you do unless you make a bunch of shots. So Fournier is kind of the same way, where he can create off the dribble a little bit. He's a pretty good three-point shooter, but if he's not shooting the ball at a 40-something percent clip, he's a complete mismatch on defense. And for a defensive-minded coach like Thibodeau, it's been a brutal fit up to this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know if you have anything you want to add or a counterpoint, but that's what I've noticed when I've watched Fournier play.
0: No, I, I 100% agree. And, I mean, I can't, I can't say anything because it's just so depressing. It's so depressing because we honestly only need you in one aspect of the game. Just make your threes. Just make your threes. I don't need you to do anything else. I really don't. I really don't need you to be that good of a defender. I really don't need you to facil- facilitate office. I don't need you to do anything. You have one aspect of the game to be good in, and you're not doing that. It's at the point where people are playing Evan Fournier unders and cashing like shit because you're not doing anything. So it's it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, It's super hard to be a Knicks fan. <laughs>
1: I think I'm going with the under. And,
0: no, I'm 100% on the under. I can't I can't bet on the over with this roster. Yeah. I would rather bet on the under and then be shocked that they actually made a move at the deadline and then i just be a happy fan for the rest of the season. Because if it, the yeah, if cash, it's a move,
1: it's going to be draft picks.
0: Yeah, and so I'd rather if they make a move and somebody does come in by some stroke of luck, somebody does come in and they make the team that much better, then guess what? I'm a happy fan. I lost some money, but it's cool. I'm a happy fan. I get to see them in the playoffs. We're great. But ultimately, I don't think this team is going to be good. I'm not going to put money on the over and so be sad that they didn't make the playoffs and be sad that I lost my money. No way. I'm on under.
1: I think that the way I'm looking at it, at some point, I know Thibodeau is more of a veteran coach where he likes to play the older guys as opposed to the younger guys because he trusts them more because of experience. But at some point, if the Knicks, let's just say, are truly out of it with two, three weeks to go, like maybe you could cling for a spot in the play-in games, but you're pretty much done for. We see this all the time around the league. Do you think the front office would nudge Thibodeau a little bit and say, let's give McBride more running time? Let's give Sims more running time. I think there's a chance that as the season goes along and as the Knicks' playoff hopes continue to deteriorate, that the front office might tell Thibodeau, I know you like your veteran core, but the season's over. We got to evaluate these rookies. Do you think that happens? I think it does.
0: Yeah, I think it does, but at that point, like I said, season's over. And I mean, hopefully that does something for next year. Yeah. And they play a lot better next year because he's got, he goes deeper in that rotation, he uses a lot of the guys. But it's.
1: Well, I'm bringing it up it for win total sense. purposes because I do yeah, think that's no. why I like the under because if you start yeah, playing the, under. the veterans less and you start trying to just evaluate your roster by playing guys 30 minutes who might not deserve more than 10 minutes, I'm not taking an over.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, all right, let's move on because I'm getting a headache talking about the Knicks. Yes. Going forward, the Toronto Raptors, 23-23 and 23 on the season. They are currently sitting at fourth place in the division. 35-and-a-half was the preseason win total. I don't have a win total for them now, probably because they just played last night. But 35-and-a-half... Mm, you're, 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 if you took the over you're sweating this one and if you took the under you're probably sweating this one still they, the Raptors aren't that bad they really are like, one like of the, the top over. defenses yeah they're the one of the top defenses in the league and so if you took the under on that you are sweating but if you took the over you're sweating a little bit because they have gone out there and just completely nerfed it a few games even with everybody back they have gone out there and completely nerfed it a few games I'm just thinking in particular the one against the Pistons. So I'm, I think that there's a more likely than not scenario that Toronto makes a run in the second half of the season than them just to fully collapse. Yeah. Is way more, way more reasonable than not just because they actually have, unlike the Knicks, a lot of good pieces on this roster.
1: I think my point on why I actually like the over for Toronto right now. Whatever the number is going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be around the live number where the Knicks is, probably a little bit higher. So maybe mm-hmm. a 38 and a half, something like that, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. I think they'll get to 40 because this team got off to a really bad start, mostly because of injuries. If you remember, Siakam didn't play much to start the year. They were kind of piecing some stuff together midway through the year, where they had a bunch of no names playing a bunch of minutes. Now they're healthy. Ish. Siakam's been really good. Van Vliet's going to be an all-star. Barnes has been really good. It mm-hmm. seems like they have pieces. And I do think with Nurse as the coach, even though he killed me at the end against the Nets in one game where I lost money, Durant had a triple-double. I, it was a bad beat there. But yeah, he's still a great coach. Like I, I might have been salty after a game. He's still one of the best coaches in the NBA. And unlike Carlisle, I think he's a championship winner that is not a one-hit wonder. I think he's just an elite head coach. So you have the coaching, you have the roster. Gary Trent's also a really good role player. There aren't many guys on Toronto who play minutes that I genuinely just don't think are good basketball players. I don't know how many of them are elite basketball players, but they have a lot of guys that would be playing a lot of minutes on different teams because I do think they have some guys that are valuable. If that's the case, I think you take the over and you hope the talent works itself out. You? Yeah, I think The roster's good. It is. They don't have any superstars, but they're good.
0: No, but when has Toronto ever needed superstars? Aside from the run for the championship, Yeah. yeah, aside from the run for the championship, they never needed superstars to be really, really good in regular season. Like, at that point, Kyle Lowry, and, Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan weren't superstars. And, well, they're really not superstars now. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is kind of a reaching stardom status, but they didn't, need, they didn't need that. They were still winning games with the Ross they had just because Nurse was a great coach, and they had a whole bunch of people that are really good at doing their job. And that's what they have now. They drafted amazing with Scotty Barnes. They got a absolute steal with him. He is going to be a stud. He is going to get better and better and better. And at some point, he's going to be very profitable for betters. At some point, he's going to be very, very profitable with betters because he can do everything. Absolutely everything. So I'm all over the over. I think that if you got that preseason line, you're you're sweating a little bit because anything can happen. They can, you know, injuries can happen again or they can catch the bad case of COVID again and get set back. But more often than not, I really do think Toronto's going on a run and going to be a a comfortable playoff team, like very very solidified in the playoffs.
1: I think they're the team that is not going to host a playoff series, but they're the type of team that's hovering around the six that nobody wants to play in the first round. Yep. I think they're one of those teams – that isn't going to win a title this year, they probably won't win more than one round tops. But if you are, let's just say, a team that is good overall, but dealing with a decent amount of, let's just say, issues, whether it's cohesion, whether it's mm-hmm. actual distractions, mm-hmm. kind of like the Nets, kind of like the Sixers with Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. I do think that the, the Raptors are a team that could really sneak up on you if you're not careful.
0: So, they're currently sitting at nine. Ahead of them is Boston, who we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Charlotte. Okay. So, Boston is a half game ahead of them. Charlotte is math and public, math and public. Two and a half games ahead of them. And then you have Philly at six, and they're way up at four and a half games. Philly probably – that I think the top six is more likely solidified. Yeah. I think it's really – because even, even though Chicago could slide some, and maybe Cleveland slides some. If
1: Cleveland slides, I think it's going to be five worst-case scenarios. At this six, point, the record Yeah, worst-case so six. Yeah,
0: they're so good. So Miami, Chicago, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, in whatever order they end up being, that's pretty much solidified as top six.
1: So the point is, if Toronto ends up as the seven, let's just say yes. that they get the seven. Now, you're looking at a spot where you're probably going to play against, uh, could be the, hell, could be the Nets. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to throw out some potential no, teams so, here.
0: No, so even, but even, so let's just look at all six. If they play all six, I don't see anybody up there, maybe outside of Milwaukee, that really, really, I can sit here and say, oh, they're going to win that series.
1: Yeah, I think you're looking at a spot where any of the first six teams that are in the standings right now, Toronto's not getting blown off the floor. No. You look yeah, at I think every it goes team, to seven. it looks like a minimum of like six or seven. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's absolutely six or seven.
0: I don't think so, it's anything where they get five, four. No, I don't think it's anything like that. Absolutely six or seven.
1: And I, I mentioned to start the season, Siakam was out. I know they were missing Boucher to start the year as well. Siakam's been fantastic. And, of course, he's yep. not going to get any All-Star recognition because he missed games and because mm-hmm. of the fact that Van Vliet has gotten a lot of the All-Star love uh, leading up to the actual All-Star game, which he deserves. Van Vliet's been crazy. but Yeah, he does. I do think that Siakam right now is playing at an All-Star level. So you can make an argument that based on what you've seen game in, game out for the last two weeks, Toronto's mm-hmm. played like it has had two All-Stars so uh-huh. I do think they're undervalued.
0: Yeah, I think Toronto finishes at seven. I think, they, I yeah. think Charlotte, Charlotte's playing really well right now, but Charlotte is still a super young team. Uh, questionably coached, in my opinion, still.
1: You're not a Broncos yeah, guy?
0: Do a, no, not really. Not really. I, think I actually like right. him. I think he's right. all right. I think he's all right. I don't think yeah. he's bad. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's you know really good either. He's, he's an all right coach. and But Nurse is a great coach. I think Boston – Everybody knows how I feel about Boston. I don't think I think Boston stays where they're at, eight, nine, somewhere around there.
1: You can't sell on Boston. Yep. They beat they beat the Kings by sixty. Aren't they going to the championship? Whatever.
0: Yeah. All right. Wait so <laughs> wait till tomorrow. Wait till yeah. tomorrow. Ooh, I, is that I hope a line is out for them against Atlanta already. I'm gonna look at that later. Um whatever it is. I know. Atlanta looks favorite.
1: like they've they've, they've they might have turned a corner or something. I told
0: y'all, I told, I told, it's "It's coming. It's coming. I said, Hey, look, that was my, I was like, Hey, they're going to be above 500 by the time all-star comes. They're going to get back to 500 by the time all-star comes. Uh, And then that's going to be another issue that, you know, Atlanta is probably going to jump into that playoff conversation as well. But I think Toronto is pretty much, I think I'll solidify them as making seven. I think Charlotte kind of folds a little bit after the all-star break and, Falls a little bit, not much, maybe to the eight. But I think Toronto solidified at seven. And then they just got to win one and, and stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the team that everybody knows that I despise with the passion, not just because they're from Boston, but because they're so unreliable. They're just unreliable as hell. So the Boston Celtics is currently sitting at 25 and 24, eighth place in the Eastern Conference, third place in the division, preseason win total of 45 and a half. Now they're sitting at 43 and a half. How how do you sit here and confidently say that this Boston team is going to be above 500?
1: How? It's a rhetorical question because I I don't feel that way. I I don't know. See, we talked about good coaches with nurse or great coaches and why – you can have faith in some guys to piece things together, even if the, maybe the players aren't playing as well as they could be. You'll switch around rotations. You'll design some good plays. You'll have some good strategies. You'll be prepared for some mm-hmm. of these games. On the contrast, you have the Boston Celtics, who brought in a brand-new coach yes. who I don't think, I think is it any good. I think was a great hire. I, think I thought it was a great hire. I know that he coached a a U.S. team in FIBA to like seventh place. And apparently the players liked Mm -hmm. him a lot. That's all I knew him for. He was an assistant coach on the Nets. I can't say I really knew much about him while he was on the Nets Mm -hmm. bench. But you're looking at the amount of blown leads by the Celtics in the second half of games, and you look at the actual fourth quarter numbers for this team, both on offense and defense. They are one of the worst fourth quarter teams I've seen in a long time. And I don't mean like the really bad teams. Like, of course, you can talk about the Thunder from last year that were tanking and all these teams, the Bobcats, and they were the worst team of all time. I mean, actual playoff contending talent. They might be the worst fourth quarter team I've ever seen. Because there's so many times, I don't even mean the, the choke job against the Knicks, which of course was the peak of the collapsing Celtics in the second half. But you go through Jalen Brown's numbers in the fourth quarter, you go through Jason Tatum's numbers in the fourth quarter, they are so brutal in the final 12 minutes of games that I cannot even bet them to go over a win total. Because even when you're up 12 going into the fourth, it's still not even an 80% chance they're going to win the game. So I'm going with the under because this team, you cannot trust no matter how big the lead is. I think they are awfully coached against anybody. 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 You
0: cannot trust them. You can't trust them against anybody. And that is why I mean, even in game, I cannot take Boston in, in any situation. I, I can't remember the last time that I've sat here on this show and said that I think Boston will cover a spread. Now, have they found a way to cover spreads? Yes, they just covered a spread against the Kings where they put up 60 points. But there's no way I can trust them pregame to do that. There is no possible way I can trust them pregame to do that. I can't even trust them in-game to do
1: that all the time. I'll say in-game. Ridiculous. I can't even trust them with a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter.
0: No. And so their bench fucking sucks. The roster is constructed terribly. They have two top 15 players in the NBA, top 20, top 17, somewhere. Okay, top 20. Yeah, two top 20 players. We'll just say that, and I'll go back and start counting later. But two top 24 sure players in the NBA. They have one of the best, one of the best role players in Marcus Smart, who goes in there and does exactly what you need, one of the best leaders in the locker room, they <laughs> and outside of them like honestly and truly outside of them what the fuck is on this roster everybody is just pos- i'm almost positive that majority of this roster if they were on any other team they would probably be assigned to the g league Enos probably. freedom they're they are it's fucking ridiculous that's what why i'm saying stole, I, I don't why know why that in them. the league yeah. They, I knew that it was some clown shit, and that's why I don't even get on the coach because it's obviously some clown shit. Clown shit, and Brad Stevens. I don't know how he gets promoted to be in the GM, but he obviously still has the stench on his organization. Because why the fuck do you go and trade for a guy that you could have signed years ago if you felt like he was the piece that this organization needed? That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. There's no reason Al Horford should be back on his team. You already said that this, this project doesn't work. Al Horford doesn't work as a team. We don't want to pay him. He's not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. So you go and what? You get him at a, a discount years later? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can, we can pay him now. We're not paying him all this money. Get him. No, you already assume that he doesn't, he's not going to work for the team. He's not going to help you in any way. He's just another guy on the roster. And now he's getting major minutes because you don't have any other big, any other rim protection, anything else on this roster. This roster is completely terrible. The bench is one of the worst benches in the league. Scoring-wise, they are absolutely one of the worst benches in the league. That is why they give up so many leads because if Tatum is not on, if Brown is not on, who the fuck is scoring for them? You went and signed a guy who couldn't even get <laughs> – who couldn't get an extension from his own team after the fact. He had one on the table. They said, he said he didn't want it. They said, oh, no, nah, you're not good enough to get any more than that. It's cool. Take a walk. And nobody was signing him. Nobody was calling for Dennis Schroeder. Nobody. And now he's getting major minutes. It's ridiculous. You're literally wasting two of the best players in the NBA on this shitty-ass roster, and then you have a coach that I think is actually a pretty good coach, but you have him playing with a whole bunch of shit every single night. And then it's so up and down because you don't know what day that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are just going to completely go off and carry this team to a win. So I can't trust them. Because if either of those two shoot under 50%, they lost. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I just don't I, – I can't get behind the Boston Celtics. And this has been years. Like, this hasn't just been now. This was last year. And I think this was partially the year before that, but I think it was a majority last year when I swore off the Celtics.
1: Ever since they the lost game them- seven at home to LeBron, I feel like this has kind of been the story of the team.
0: And, the down, and, the, and it's the downfall. It's a downfall. And it's just so – they're so bad. They are so bad. It's really, really bad. And so there's no way I can trust them with any type of spread at all. Because if they lose, I'm be like, why the fuck did I even trust them? Why did I bet them? I knew that th- this is what they do. This is exactly what they do. So, no, I don't think that they're going – I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to lose in a playing game. I think they will be in a playing game. I don't think they fall that far. I think yeah. they're going to lose in a playing game. They're going to run into Atlanta or they're going to run into – uh, Charlotte, and they're going to lose. Maybe even Toronto. It, yeah, maybe, maybe. Toronto. I, I'm Maybe I'm just not – I'm hating. I'm not giving enough credit. They no, no, but that's the point. But I'm saying it. you're throwing yeah, in the names there. They could – so I. that is my plan. I'm just going to say it right now. That's who I think is in the plan. I think it's going to be Toronto at 7. I think it's going to be Charlotte at 8. I think it's going to be Atlanta at 9 and Boston at 10. Or Boston at 10 and, and – I mean Boston at 9 and Atlanta at 10. But I think it's going to be one of that situation. That is going to be the play in. And I can't take Boston over any of those teams.
1: I feel like we're on the same page with this team. I was letting you go on a rant there, but you pretty much had the same exact thought process as me. I said, I've, I said the Celtics have been that way since they lost Game 7 to LeBron. That's a bit of a stretch. Maybe Game 6 to the Heat. I feel like when Adebayo blocked Tatum in Game 1 and they ended up winning the series in six. That was kind of the last time the Celtics really showed anything, at least in my opinion. Now, you mentioned the coaching and how you still have not really lost faith in their current coach. I will agree with some of your points. I do think that the bench is terrible, besides Tatum, besides Brown. I really like Robert Williams. I feel like he's the only other player on the team I actually like. I think Williams is really good. Can't stay healthy, but he's really good. The bench is useless, as you said. And I feel like we still have to have the conversation with this team. I don't go that long into the Celtics, but are we sure that Brown and Tatum can actually play together at an elite level? I think so.
0: I think I've seen I think the point is we I don't think, know I think, they just been, need, they, I think they I think that the issue is that they're two wings and that's really it, is that they're two wings. I don't think that they can play together as an elite level as in facilitating for one another and getting one another going and kind of like that tandem. Yeah. But I think that they need a legit good point guard, a legit good pass first point guard that is going to run the fuck out of an offense like a Ron John Rondo and going to get both of those guys going and keep them in rhythm. Because what happens is one gets in rhythm and the other one falls out. Yeah. And then you have the, the, instance where they're both just making everything but sometimes what happens is one gets in rhythm and the other one falls out because they can't create for each other they're only creating for themselves and that's fine you can live with that but you need somebody that's gonna facilitate and be like hey all right i know you're going but we're gonna keep him going too and it's going with both of y'all nobody can stop us
1: i feel like the situation the celtics are going through with those two guys is very similar to how people thought the Zach Levine-Demar DeRozan experiment was going to go. Yes, that is exactly how I thought it was going to go. And because of that, you would assume that Levine and DeRozan would average maybe four assists apiece, take a bunch of contested jumpers, and they would average points, but they wouldn't win many games. I like Chicago. I thought they would still find a way, but they got Lonzo as their point guard, who's a pass-first guy, as you were talking about. I'm not sure how much of it is Lonzo, And how much of it is the fact that DeRozan and Levine both just realized I actually have talent around me now. I can pass the ball. I feel like it was kind of a mix of both, some of the mindset. But having a pass-first point guard definitely does help, especially since Alonzo has been so solid in catch-and-shoot threes. So he has been been able to play off-ball. The Celtics don't have that, as we talked about before. But you're looking at the assist numbers for Tatum and for Brown. They're brutal. Yeah. Like at no point do they even look for teammates half the time.
0: No, because not, that's not in their game. It's that's not. what I'm saying. So I, 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 so I, so I will well give fine. props
1: to Levine and DeRozan for pivoting a little bit. Yes. To at least yes, try mentally they can do- yeah, to get your teammates involved.
0: But the thing is, they both have guard mentalities. That's yeah. also it. Mm-hmm they both have guard mentalities and that's just not those who are did not grow up being guards and in the day, they didn't grow up being guards. They were, Hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm gonna get fucking buckets.
1: Yeah. My job was to drop 25.
0: Yeah. And so with this roster and you bring in a Dennis Schroeder and it's like, who, who need, you don't need any more scoring because at any given night, both of these guys can give you 30, 40 points. Any given night, both of them can give you 30, 40 points.
1: Well, this sums up Schroeder's career. He's a really, really good sixth man. But if he's starting mm. for your team, you're probably not that good.
0: No, at all. And so, He'd be a hell Smart, of a sixth man on this team. Marcus, though, Smart this is a, Marcus Smart is a very solid player. I really do like Marcus Smart. But Marcus Smart is not the facilitator that they need.
1: I'm Marcus, Smart, he's still is there.
0: At, Marcus Smart is over here pissed off that them two aren't even passing the ball. And it's like, that's how I know he's not the facilitator they need because he's pissed off that they're not passing the ball. They don't need to pass the ball. They're so fucking good. They don't need to pass the ball. You need to be the one facilitating the offense and getting it going. You should 100% expect by the time the ball gets in their hands that it's going, going up to the basket.
1: If you want my somewhat hot take for this team, I'm not sure Marcus Smart's going to be there that much longer. because I don't he's either.
0: Why? Why would you have him there?
1: I was going to say, he's, he's not going to help you with shooting defensively, he's good, but he's not nearly as good as he used to be. He's still a very good plus defender, but still. The Celtics, I have a hard time believing that after Smart called out the two faces of the franchise in pretty much the second week of the season, just straight up called them out, yes. I would be a little bit, let's just say, surprised if Brown and Ash or Tatum did not hold a bit of a grudge. That the old veteran is taking shots in the media against the two of you, so I do think that there might be a little bit of discourse growing between so funny. Brown, Tatum, and Smart. I would not be surprised if Smart potentially gets moved. That's so funny that he's the old veteran and he's twenty-seven. <laughs> just saying though, like he pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, no, no,
0: he is though. But that—that's who he is. That's who he is, that's yeah. who he is. and that's his, That's what he, he is in that locker room for them. But it's just the fact and Orford.
1: Of- but I don't think Horford's ever been a vocal guy. If he leaves
0: this team, that team is going to spiral. Like, of course. Th- and ultimately they know it. That team is going to spiral, and they're going to significantly make somebody else better. Like, signif- overnight. If Marcus Smart goes to any other team, overnight he will make that team better. So it's like it's so it's such a hard situation for them, and it's really just blow up everybody. But say t- 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 they
1: failed Brown. in every single aspect of roster construction. Everything.
0: Everything. Everything, every single aspect, they they did not do anything with. And so, yes, Williams is cool, so I guess you can keep Williams. But just blow it all up, and you better hope that you evaluate some damn talent in the draft. How weird is it? Because now you're not – or just tank and go and have a top
1: draft pick again. How weird is it that the best point guard the Celtics have had in terms of like roster fit in the last like five, ten years – is Terry Rozier. Yeah. Isn't that got something? Rid- yeah, and, and got rid of him. Because Kyrie didn't really work out. But you can, you can talk about all the point guards they've had. Rozier was actually one of those guys who seemed like a perfect complement to Brown and Tatum because he could get buckets, but he could also pass the ball a little bit. And, yeah,
0: and he wasn't even the best fit. And so that's no, and he was the best that they had.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: and we're and that's the thing we're sitting here. The best that they had was Terry Rozier. How the fuck does that sound? How does that sound? They have been. It's just been terrible, and they've been leaning. They've been just leaning on getting really, really good play from young guys at the time, and they're not realizing that the rest of his roster is slowly, 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 slowly slowly going to complete shit to where it it is right now.
1: And that's also a point in the fourth quarter. The last point I'm going to make is that. I talked about how awful Brown and Tatum's numbers are in the fourth and how bad the overall team is in the fourth. It's because if you look at the plays or plays with quotes around them that they run, it's Tatum, get the ball, get me a bucket. They don't do anything. They just isolate at the top of the key, and they'll take turns on who's going to ISO and take a contested fadeaway jumper. That's the entire fourth quarter offense of this team.
0: Laurie. All right, I'm done talking about Boston getting a
1: headache. I'm sure Celtics right. fans agree with everything we're saying if they're honest with themselves. I'm sure the rest of the league doesn't care about Boston struggles, but I personally think they might be the most frustrating team in the league because of the two Absolutely. talented guys that they have.
0: Absolutely.
1: So just... I got I, I to rant about them every time because that team should be so much better than they actually are.
0: Yes, they, should very, they very much should be. There's, and the pressure that is on them, too, is really stunning their growth. I think it's really stunning and growth that the fact that they have to do everything and you're trying to force them into situations that just isn't for them. They will go, they will get a fucking rebound and they will go score the basketball. Well,
1: that's a separate issue with the media and how people treat NBA players because on one hand, there's a player empowerment movement where the players can kind of force trades. They can go to teams that they want. And yet when the Celtics are struggling, the first two people that are blamed are Brown and Tatum. Instead of the yeah. entire front office, the actual head coaching, the roster stinks. I'm not blaming Brown and Tatum for what's happened for this team. I'm just acknowledging their fourth quarter numbers. But people can roast Brown and roast Tatum and talk about how they can't play with each other. I'm not sure, that, I'm not sure if they can. That's, I feel like, my one pushback. But people think that this season is a full indictment of the two of them together. I think it's just an indictment of the front office for being incompetent. That's my main takeaway.
0: Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. You fired, you fired <laughs> Brad Stevens on his day off and gave him promotion. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about the team that's actually playing basketball tonight. Philadelphia 76ers, 28 and 19 second in the Atlantic division. Are we also going to talk C-
1: about their game tonight or are we just doing the breakdown and then we'll go into the game later?
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the game later. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Where am I at? Sixth in the Eastern Conference. Preseason win total, 50 and a half. Currently sitting at 48 and a half. Wow. So Philly is shooting themselves in the foot. And it's honestly and truly because Daryl Morey wants the sun, the moons, the stars, all the gods. Greek, Roman mythology, whatever other religion you believe in, he wants those gods too. He wants everything for Ben Simmons. And I don't think – I'm just trying to figure out at what point – first of all, everybody else in that front office ain't shit for not, for not informing this man. He's not getting all that shit from Ben Simmons. But at what point is he going to come to the realization that he's not getting all that shit from Ben Simmons?
1: It's not going to be midseason. I'll tell you that much.
0: <sighs> I think you'd agree with that.
1: I would it's be shocked if they traded him midway through the season. It's so – like – They are
0: ruining an MVP season. Pretty much. They are ruining a Joel Embiid MVP season. The second that they make a trade for anybody with a beating pulse that can play basketball in the NBA for Ben Simmons, I will hop on the 76ers to win the title. The instant. Because I think they will get something of value for him. It may not be what the fuck he's asking for, but they will get something of value that will contribute to a championship team. And this team can, can build a championship roster.
1: Do you want to play and the hypothetical then, game?
0: And uh, yeah, we can. Give me one second. Let me. So, this, but this is the hedge for that. Because I've always wanted to have a future on the 76ers to win the title and then be able to fade them at their worst moment when they're up 3-1, because Doc Rivers is coach. So it is the ultimate hedge. I, I don't ever really hedge, but that would be the ultimate hedge, and I will be perfectly fine doing that. So the hypotheticals, and it's a lot of hypotheticals going on. Last I heard is, the, is that the Sacramento Kings are very much willing to take on Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons' contract which is fucking ridiculous by the way. It's a gift. <laughs> but yes, I, I mean, I just don't know. I don't know how they don't have a deal made already. If they, if that is if that is, that's why I don't think it's true. Because there's no way the deal isn't done already. Yeah. There's no way. So that that can't be true cuz there's no way that 76 didn't get that deal done already.
1: What you got? Well, you mentioned the title idea. Because if they end up getting somebody, Embiid, of course, is unstoppable. He's walking into 35 every night. So my question for you is, I'm going to mention some names, and I want you to tell me if they are potentially worth a ticket on to win the title, depending on which guy they get. Okay? Okay. I'll start off with the Sacramento one. De'Aaron Fox. Do you think a team of De'Aaron Fox and Embiid Let's assume that Simmons and Harris are on the way out. Okay. Is that good enough to win a title this year?
0: I need Harrison Barnes as well.
1: Okay. Do you think that's if a I get, realistic if asking if I get, price? I think it is. I think absolutely
0: it is. I think e- either Fox and Harrison Barnes or Fox and Buddy Heald is a very realistic asking price for Ben Simmons. Because I don't okay. think Ben Simmons is just trash. I just think that they don't fuck with him. So – uh, yeah, I think that's a very realistic asking price. And so if they get some combination of that, it, ha- it can't just be Fox. It has to be Fox and, and, and another player. If they get that, then yes, I think I would buy into the championship hopes for the 76ers. Okay,
1: now the other rumor that's circulating right now for Simmons is one I am going to immediately hit the veto button on is James Harden. There's a 0% chance the Nets are trading James Harden to a division rival in the middle yes. of the season. So yes. if you actually think he's going there, you're ridiculous. You're wasting your time. Harden's he's not moving anywhere. Ridiculous. Nets are going to take the chances. So I'm not even going to mention Harden because that seems like an literally, absolute waste.
0: Literally, James Harden and Ben Simmons do pretty identical shit, except Ben Simmons is able to play defense. I mean, but what do you it's mean by really, that? I think that they're both facilitators. They're both facilitators, and they both get the offense going, and they both have the ability to take games over and score the basketball when needed. They just and James Harden just doesn't know when the fuck he's needed to do that. So that's what makes the kind of the issue for the Brooklyn Nets happen. Not to get uh not to get too into the Brooklyn take right now but yeah, we'll, is, that we'll save that issue. for a bit
1: but yeah but, I, I, I don't see a trade happening yeah. there especially between I, no this rivals. is
0: ridiculous no I, it wouldn't make any sense those rumors they're, are they're not that committed they're not that committed to defense to trade James Harden for some way that could play defense No. now
1: I'm going to ask you a couple other ones though because you could make an argument that two players on the same team have been rumored in different trade talks for the same guy I'm talking about McCollum and I'm talking about Lillard yeah do you think yeah. either of those are realistic? I think that... Because Willard's probably out for the year. Yeah. So I don't know if he's actually even worth getting at this point. Yeah, I don't know what he's... McCollum's back. what he's on. So you can mention him.
0: I think if anybody has long-term that they probably feel like they would stick with long-term, it's CJ, and just because CJ is so chill. And, you know, CJ will just ride that shit for as long as it goes, as long as you're paying him. He's straight, but Dame is really getting tired of this shit. Mm Mm-hmm. If Dame was healthy and playing and there somehow was a trade for Dame, then yes, I would buy championship hopes. I don't know. I don't buy into the legitimacy of Portland trading either one. I think Portland is just stubborn, honestly. And they think that they can turn the roster around themselves, and they don't realize that they can't. The team so team. I, don't think, I don't think that, yeah, they're absolutely dog shit. I don't think that either one is realistic. However, if either one was on the team, then yes, championship
1: Okay, and uh, this one I think is a downgrade, but you might also have a couple of draft picks thrown in there. Would you do Ben Simmons for Jeremy Grant and maybe a first or two?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would.
1: Do you think that's a team uh, that's I good think enough I would, to really compete?
0: I would I would aim – I would get Bay in that. Okay. I would try to get Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant. If I get if I got Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay and just said, fuck, all the hoarder of picks because if you get jerry grant it's gonna be a horde of picks yeah i would i would say fuck the horde of picks and i'd take Jeremy grant and sadiq bay and i think that is a championship level roster okay
1: it's not, uh, it's I, not
0: I, I, much. and yeah. the thing is and that's how high regard i have for philly like that's really the high regard i have for philly and not really more of these players It's the fact of i think philly is a couple of pieces away a, pe- a piece or two away from being a very, very dominant team that can score the basketball whenever and defend, but however, they literally have a whole roster spot just sitting there because they don't want to trade a player who doesn't want to be there. After you, allowed, after you allowed it to get out, that you were tired of this guy and you were disappointed and you hurt, effectively hurt his feelings. And so you're try- you're, now you're trying to save the relationship with – Somebody who <laughs> is doesn't want to be there. When you lost, when you lost the, the um, when you lo- lose the player, like that's it. When you lose the locker room, that is it. That is it. You lost the player. Just say fuck it. Cut your losses. He doesn't want to play there.
1: At all. Yeah. Now, I guess the one I'd say defense I would have for Maury is that you know if somebody really, really wants Simmons, they might give you the godfather offer where you, you really just can't refuse it. You might find something if a team's desperate enough. But I do agree at some point, nobody's going to give it to him, so he's going to have to settle for something he might not want. That's the reality situation, but that's kind of why he is holding out. Is because I'm sure he knows deep down that Simmons' value is what do you think, half of what it once was? Yeah. So he might be hoping that if a team gets desperate enough, then maybe he can get 75%. One team might overreach. He's trying to be like Sam Presney and it's not happening. Well, the truth is he's turning into Danny Ainge because he's kind of like waving some stuff in front of teams, and then he never pulls the trigger. That's the vibe I'm getting. It reminds me of Danny Angel with all the stuff. draft picks. He added balls.
0: It's fucking dumb as fuck. And if I was Joe Embiid, I'd tell him, yo, trade this guy and get me something. Get me something. Fucking Danny Green starting in this lineup is not going to help win championship.
1: I think that's why I'm still torn on what I think about this team because I know Denver's got a bunch of injuries right now to Murray and to Porter, etc. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at Philly and I'm looking at Denver, and I basically see the same thing. I see an MVP candidate center who walks into insane stat lines every night and a bunch of other role players who aren't very good. And I do think that Philly has Maxi, who I like, Tybal's very good defensively. He has no offensive talent at all, but he's still a very good on-ball defender. Oh, absolutely. And you're looking at the actual roster. I think Seth Curry's good. Bit banged up, but he's still a solid player. And I really wonder, unless you trade Simmons, you look at the current roster – Even if they would get, best case scenario, a De'Aaron Fox. They get a Fox. They throw him with Embiid, with or without Tobias Harris being there. Do I think that the bench and the head coach, which I am not a fan of Doc Rivers at all. I think he's one of, if not the most overrated coach in the history of the sport. Do I think they're good enough to piece it together to beat Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and maybe Miami? So, I think they might be a year away
0: no, I think this team i think I think this team is good,
1: yeah, we disagree I think, I think this team yeah, yeah. is good i don't think they're great yeah I,
0: uh, great is so it's, i don't think anybody, any of these teams are great
1: I think when all big say. three are healthy, I think milwaukee's the the best team in team, yeah the well, okay, yeah, of course
0: yeah when and even though they still have some. And, I mean, not just the big three. They, they got to be fully healthy because yep. they need that bench help as well. Yep. That's what hurt them is that their bench was hurt for the majority of the year. So, yeah, I will say Milwaukee is a great team.
1: And unless Kyrie plays home games and plays every game, which I don't see happening, of course, Durant's going to have to be healthy, whatever, but the Nets, if they don't have Kyrie for home games, they're probably going to lose before the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Yeah. I so. I am We'll, well, I'll finish my next take in a second. Yeah. Just to put a pin on the 76ers, uh, so you're under the 48 and a half?
1: Oh, that number is so tough because you know Philly is going to be buying at the deadline. Whether it involves yeah. Simmons or not, they have is to they, acquire somebody. And so, I, so this is
0: my logic. I'm on the over because I think Embiid is MVP this year. And for him to be MVP, they have to hit this over. He has to. He has to will this team through this over.
1: You're also gambling on his health, which yes, is I worth am. mentioning. And and that
0: is that is very. So if you took the under, I don't fault you because you are 100 percent saying that Mb will get help, will get hurt. And I'm just taking a risk and gambling, like not even handicapped. This is straight gambling that Mb doesn't get hurt and he continues his pace for the rest of the season because I very much think he can.
1: You said it was 48 and a half. Yes. I think I'm going to go with a slight lean to the under. I think they'll finish with around 47. Mm -hmm. But I do think it does not help that they are in a pretty tough division. Now, are any teams in the Atlantic ridiculous? Not really, because Brooklyn's underachieved. But you look at the teams from 1 to 5. The Knicks are in last place. They're only three games under. So it's not like you get a bunch of free wins – against the Pistons, against the Thunder, against these teams at the bottom of your division that you play four times. You don't have many of those. So I do think that Philly, despite playing better lately, we've seen Embiid's stat lines and how well they've played. The last three wins they've had, they beat the Magic at home, the Spurs on the road, and the Pelicans at home. The game they lost in between at home against the Clippers. Congratulations. I mean, your team with Embiid is very – Embiid's sick. The rest of your team's not and Embiid has been putting up insane numbers, and yet it still feels like they're in a bunch of close games in the fourth quarter anyway. I don't know what more Embiid can do. He's having an all-time great year, and yet the team is still battling to beat the Spurs by six points. So something's got to give. It's ridiculous. It's, That's why I can't yeah, take they, it they, over. They, they're, starting so,
0: they're starting so slow. They're, yeah, it does. it, it is. I, I, ultimately, I just think, it may not be pretty, but I think this team – I think this is going to be a bad beat to the preseason line of 40-and-a-half, but they're going to hit – so that's a two-game – literally a two-game stretch. Well, what but was, what was the be,
1: preseason number again? It was preseason 15. was 50-and-a-half. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I think it's going to – there's a two-game two game slot that you can fit in there. I think it falls in those two games. I got because 47
1: because I, I do think with the amount of workload that Embiid has been going through, I'm not rooting for an injury – but mm-hmm. it would not surprise me if you might have to miss a couple No, games. it wouldn't
0: at all. It wouldn't at all. And that would, that would hurt. But the only way he beats Yo- Jokic out for the MVP is if they're a higher seed in the East than, he, they, than the Nuggets are in the West. Truth is, That's I think whole- he might just
1: get it anyway because of the fact that there is a lot of European bias. Yeah. Or anti-European bias, I should say, because Giannis won a couple, Jokic won one. I would vote for Jokic if I had a vote because his numbers are some of the stupidest numbers I've ever seen. Embiid's been unbelievable for the last month. Jokic is having a better season than his MVP year. Yeah. If you look at the actual efficiency numbers and all, everything in terms of just the metrics, Jokic is having like a top three season of all time <laughs> like for centers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually insane how he's gotten even better from his MVP year, which was already yeah. an all-time great year. So I would yep. vote for Jokic. But if you ask me right now who I think would get the nod if it was between Embiid and Jokic, I think it would be Embiid. I would disagree with it, but I do think mm-hmm. they would give it to Embiid because he hasn't won one before.
0: Yeah, I, I think, and I think subconsciously that's probably a little bit of where I'm at because he hasn't won one. And it's just he's just so dominant. He's so, 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 so dominant. And yeah. yes, Jokic affects the game. It affects the entire offense. But ultimately, what I'm counting on is that at some point, the Nuggets get their guys back, and he has a slight drop in production. It's not going to be a lot, but it's slight, and enough for Embiid to capitalize. But literally, Embiid has no wiggle room. If Embiid slides at all, from what he's doing right now, if he slides at all, I'm on Jokic. Yeah. But if he continues what he's doing right now for the rest of the season, which I don't think is impossible because he's so dominant and unstoppable and he stays healthy and continues that out for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to beat.
1: And based on odds, you have Giannis in there with similar odds, just based on voter fatigue alone, he's not going to win a third one this year.
0: I don't think he's going to win a third one, but he'll definitely be up there. They'll they'll be like, there's no way I
1: can't. So as far as I'm concerned, despite what the odds say, I threw Curry out weeks ago because he just forgot how to shoot. Yeah, uh, he's you're been looking at it. you're looking at Giannis this year. No, I think the voter fatigue's strong there. I don't think he's going to win. So as of right now, I got a two horse race. That's
0: I can't all think I'm looking anybody at. anybody else? I can't think of anybody else I would put in there. That's all I got. Yeah, I, I can't. I think DeMar DeRozan's having a really really good season, but I wouldn't put him in there. Yeah, and we know LeBron's not going in there. So
1: LeBron will get some push at the end, but the Lakers, yeah, if they're actually going to get LeBron, even a sniff of the award, they need to at least finish top four.
0: AD is, going to, AD is going to come back in AD, and LeBron's not going to have to do what he was doing previously.
1: I'm that's just saying, if, if we're talking yeah. about team success, LeBron yeah. with a potential preseason. And I think that's the dumbest st- thing. I think that's so team. dumb. He's got to so finish dumb. top four,
0: right? I think that is so dumb that your, your season and where you fall in the standings even plays a part. So but fun. do you agree it does? It does. It 100% does. Yeah. Yeah. So, 100% I don't think LeBron's going to win because I think the Lakers are not no, going to finish yeah, in the top Yeah, they They're four. not good enough. They're not good enough at all. They'll literally – they'll probably finish, best-case scenario, 6-7. Yeah, best I see 6 scenario. Yeah. All right. Last team. Man, we could really talk with only a two-game slate. You know us. Last team talking about, we have the Brooklyn Nets. Your Brooklyn Nets sitting at first in the Atlantic Division. They are currently fourth in the Eastern Conference. 29-19 and 19 on the season. They had a preseason win total of 56-and-a-half. I do not see a live line for them now. Up the preseason line, there's no way they get it right. The preseason it's, it's, line?
1: That was over yeah. in like the first two. It was over when Kyrie mm-hmm. said he's not going to play home games. <laughs> I can't yeah, believe it was 56-and-a-half.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, no, that's not even. Okay, so let's give them because they're, they're a game ahead of Philly. So let's Philly's at 50. Matter of fact, let's just give him 50 and a half. Let's give him 50 and a half. Same thing as Philly.
1: I mean, I'm I'm taking Philly to win the division. I, oh, I, don't, know oh, I don't know how I'm I don't know how I am do not know how I'm supposed <laughs> right. to pick the see the thing is it's the weird part because I got the I, I said I think I'm leaning towards the 76ers under, but I still think they're gonna win the division. Because yeah. I'm looking at the Nets and I've seen them play a lot this year with no Durant. Mm-hmm. They are awful without Durant, mm-hmm. and with Kyrie missing home games, or even when he's been in the lineup, you lose to Portland with no McCollum and no Lillard, with Harden and with Kyrie. Like, really, man? Really? Like, you're looking at the supporting cast. That. We're roasting Philly for their supporting cast, which is fair. Yeah. Who the Damn, hell do the Nets? Fucking hat. sucks. They fucking suck. That. So I told Moon
0: off. And I said this on, and I think I might have mentioned it to you. I think the Nets low key suck. I don't yeah. think they're. I really don't think they're a good team at all. I think they have a. They're so top heavy, and they have you know, three of the top seventy five players of all time. But they fucking suck. Like, well, that's the They have three good. of the
1: top seventy five players of all time as of right now. They have one and a half for the next month until the comes back. Very much true. So how the hell are they supposed to win 50 games with one and a half great players and the rest of the supporting cast sucks? So the
0: lucky thing for them is that in looking at their schedule, they're getting into the road stretch of their schedule. And it's crazy to say the lucky thing because I'm pretty sure if I went in deep dive under a lot of these guys' stats, they actually play worse on the road than they do at home. Well, but they win games on the road, so maybe that's not true.
1: They're terrible but, at home.
0: They're so bad. Yeah, so, so maybe they actually do play better on the road. But, I mean, luckily for them, I'm just going through the month of February, and they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight away games. And then what's that? One, two, three, four, five, five four, five. Five home games five home games in February. They fr- they're, they don't have another home game un- from now until the February 9th. And then you got to think by the end of February, Durant's back. He better be. So majority of them home games are closer to the end of the month. And they'll be significantly better than – not maybe not that much better, but they'll be significantly better than – but I can't see taking an over on this team at all. Is No. Joe Harris. So the numbers that everybody puts up with Joe Harris in the lineup versus when he's out is really ridiculous. Like, it's not just a regular, like a little slight boost, like a two point boost. Like, there is some four and five point boost in people's production with Joe Harris in the lineup. That's a lot.
1: You look at the actual roster right now, besides Patty Mills and a little bit of Cam Thomas and Kessler Edwards, two rookies who are actually playing significant minutes on the stand. Who can shoot on this team from the outside? They got nobody. Mm -hmm. Nobody. So that's the problem. Now, Harris is a great shooter. He had a setback, so he's going to be out even longer. I believe the setback was announced this week. So he's going to be out for maybe another month. On top of that, you mentioned the offensive boost. Defensively, I'm assuming they're all worse because he can't guard anybody. He's an abysmal defensive player. Yes. So even though the offensive numbers go up by two-plus points, whatever, I'm assuming defense goes down by about a point and a half. So but this, I,
0: was, this was their problem. We knew that they were never going to be a good defensive team.
1: No, but that's the point, is that Harris has been a big reason why I roast Fournier for a similar thing, and I compared him to Joe Harris because if he's not making his shots, which we saw in the playoffs against the Milwaukee wow. Bucks, he's yeah. useless. Wow. If he's not I mean, making three-pointers, he has no role at all in the league. So Harris is a guy who can stretch the floor, comes off screens, nice three-point shooter when he's on. But when he's not, he is a full negative. And the Nets need him, which tells you how desperate this team is. But the main reason why I like Philly to win the division is because the Nets want to be buyers at the deadline. The issue is, who the hell do they have to sell? Mm Mm-hmm nobody philly at least has some guys they have yeah. people that that can draw some interest that you can yeah. package for a even for for simmons let's just say a De'Aaron fox or even without simmons you can probably get a couple of decent players if you trade some role players and what, what the, the hell do the, do the nets thing. have that are worth a
0: damn they have to do the same thing they did last year and hope for a buyout
1: that's what i'm saying that's all you got yeah, and you look yeah, at they who they have right now—the veterans that they got. Blake Griffin is cooked; he should retire. They already got rid of of Millsap, who was also cooked. And you're going down the line. Aldridge is good at say a decent amount of the time. I think he's pretty good, but yeah. he, he's averaging thirteen. Yeah, he's
0: fine. I didn't know that. He's averaging thirteen.
1: That's yeah, good. but you're looking at Blake Griffin, and you're looking at Millsap who's not on the team anymore. They get killed on the inside in every game against any big man that's even mediocre. Every time Embiid walks in to play the Nets, he puts up 35. Every time time Jokic walks in, he puts up huge numbers. Every time Giannis walks in, he's a walking 35. They cannot rebound. They cannot get any production on the inside. They're a a jump-shooting team that doesn't really play good defense. So as a Nets fan, I'm very critical of my team. They are not very good.
0: I just, so. we, I, everybody makes fun at the Lakers and what the Lakers did with their roster, but fuck, like nobody ever talks about the Nets and what the Nets have going Well, the on.
1: counter argument for the Nets, though, is that they couldn't have expected Kyrie to go AWOL. So that's the yeah. counter, because if Kyrie was there, we would agree that they would probably, instead of having the record they do now, they would probably have closer to 35 wins as opposed to what they have now of 29. Is that fair? Yeah. So if that's the I case, agree. I do think the Nets have a bit of an excuse where one of their best players went AWOL, kind of like Philly's excuse. The Lakers have had, have had everyone playing. They just suck. I think that's the difference. Is that a fair distinction? Mm.
0: I mean, they've been bad. I can't, I can't because they've been bad when all three played, But they definitely had times where you know Bron was out, and then that stretch where AD was out. Okay, that's see, that's fair too. Okay, yeah. So I'll give them, I'll give them that much. But, but I think that's the, excuse all the Nets three, have. I've seen all three of them play, and they still look bad. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. So we're talking about the Lakers or the Nets?
1: Lakers. Okay, because when, when the Nets all have all played. big three in, they have. How many have times really have we even good. seen that?
0: How many times have we even seen that? I think one game, two.
1: Oh, uh, this season, not many. But, I mean, last year, truth is, of all three of them stay healthy, I think they was winning the championship. I mean, you looked at what they did to Milwaukee in games one and two in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Those games were bloodbaths. And Harden barely played. So I do think that when you, def- when you beat the inevitable champions by, I think it was like 30 in game two, it was a destruction. I do think that be- all three of them together can win a championship but the supporting cast on this Nets team is so awful that with Durant guaranteed to miss a month minimum, there's a 0% chance I'm taking your over, and I'm not betting you to win the division. Because yeah. you're gambling yeah. on an Embiid potentially getting injured. I know for a fact Durant is injured right now. So give me Philly. Yeah.
0: No, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, I'm going to let you have that 100% agree. I I, so all right. We uh, you already put your bet in. I'm I agree with you. I'm just go ahead and put in. I think Philly's gonna win the division as well. I think Philly is going to be the higher seed of the two come win the division in Eastern Conference. And I think Philly is going to make if they the Nets don't want to see Philly, they don't want to see Philly in playoffs.
1: I don't know who the Nets want to see. Anybody with a big very man with a pulse true. you don't want
0: to see. <laughs> yeah, this is very much true.
1: <laughs> this is very much true. I mean, you think about the other teams that are contending. I mean, you're looking at the Bucs with Giannis, who's just going to kill this team. So if the playoffs ended today, they played the a Bucs in the first round. Fantastic. Yeah, but that's Bucks in six. I mean, I, even <laughs> if six. like I, I, don't, I don't know unless they pay the fine and let Kyrie play every home game. But, I mean, think of all the elite teams that are mentioned to actually come out of the East. You have – I mean, the Sixers are still mentioned. I don't think they're good enough right now, but they're yeah. mentioned. You still have Embiid. The Bucks have Giannis, and the Heat have Adebayo. Can mm-hmm. the Nets stop any of those guys? Absolutely no. not.
0: I think their best, their best ch- chance to get out of the first round, because I don't think that they're going to skyrocket up the standings, their best chance to get out of the first round is to play either Chicago or Cleveland.
1: Chicago has also done well against them. I know the Nets did beat them last meeting by yeah.
0: 40. No, 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 100%. And they were missing people in that game, too, as well. But I think the youth of Cleveland, they're just going to be happy to be there. And that's going to show. I think they beat them. And ultimately, I think that if Chicago in the Nets series is just going to be who who the fuck can put up more points.
1: I think if I had to pick a winner in that series, I would take the Nets, assuming Kyrie does at least play road games. I would take the Nets. I think it would probably be six. I think it would be a series, but I think the Nets eventually would just overpower.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to sports online betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet is now beginning pre-registration for the state of Louisiana. Place a $10 bet regardless of the outcome, and you will receive $250 in free bets when WinBet goes live in Louisiana. All other new customers have a chance to get $200 in free bets with the same $10. Great pomos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Win big, bet big, and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com. That's Bet.com today. Support for the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SGP. At manscaped.com, if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. So it was actually, it's crazy. The funny thing is, it was actually a time where, like, I was messing with this chick, and she was like, you need to, you, you need to handle that. You need to handle that. And I had tried to nair myself. Like, I tried to nair myself because i was like i'm not going down there with no fucking razor i'm not taking that chance at all when i say my balls were on fucking fire for a month like on fire for a month had no idea what Nair was it was in fucking high school no idea what Nair really was it was just like hey you don't have to shave when you use Nair. you just put it and you can rub, wipe it right off no on fucking fire for a month like heat heated fire that was the worst time of my life i, I absolutely wish that i hadn't manscaped here because the performance package four by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower four trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to ha- hold all your goodies. First off, the lawnmower four is the trimmer of the future, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their 4th generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents because, look, nicks are not fun at all. Thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, Lawnmower 4 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight so you can, you know, see a little bit more of what you're doing and get a nice precise shave over there. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. And if you thought that was good, you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level. The performance package four also includes a Weed Whacker nose and hair ear trimmer. Nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker 4 is also waterproof, provides proprietary skin safe technology which reduces nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate ear holes and nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. I use that shit faithfully. I will let you know right now. I use that shit faithfully. It's absolutely great. So I'm definitely getting in on this 20% off and free shipping. And guess what? Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance 4 package, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself and go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code SGP. That's 20% off and free shipping with code SGP. All right, Scott, let's talk about the one of the two games for tonight. And I can't wait to hear what your take is on this. But we have the Los Angeles Lakers traveling to Philly to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Los Angeles Lakers are in the middle of a road trip. The line is two and a half for Philly. I am very hesitant to say that maybe because Anthony Davis came back, I am very hesitant to say this line should be more.
1: I feel like we're on the same page because nobody really knows what to expect from the Lakers with Anthony Davis. He played 25 minutes against the Nets. He only had eight points. He had four blocks and one steal. Four blocks in 25 minutes, which is just wild to me. So, so look at this.
0: The Nets, not the Nets, the Lakers, that's they were playing the Nets. The Lakers had held one opponent throughout this whole span that Anthony Davis was out. They held one opponent to 95 points. And that uh, to 90, just 90 points. So everybody else was scoring over 100. One opponent, and that was the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Funny, Utah Jazz. People, it's an inside joke. Everybody gets it. They come back, and the first game that Anthony Davis comes back, they hold the Nets
1: to 96. I he, mean, you know how good he defensively. is defensively.
0: He adds something to them defensively.
1: I think the one question I have for you about that game, though, I mean, we already mentioned the Nets supporting cast when Durant and Kyrie aren't playing is just brutal. So you're mm-hmm. playing... You know James Johnson, 24 uh-huh. minutes. You're playing Brown. You're playing Javon Carter. You're playing a bunch of guys who wouldn't get much run time on most teams in most uh-huh. case scenarios. I think the one question I have for you: I know the Lakers won, but how concerned should they be that they got out rebounded by the Nets by 21 and oh, won the shit. game anyway? I didn't realize that they got out rebounded oh, 54 shit. to 33. How does that happen? That's actually
0: terrible. <laughs> that's I had to bring it up. Really Does that, yeah, that's, that's actually really that's The Nets aren't a good rebounding that. team. I didn't realize that.
1: And the Nets are not I a good mean, rebounding team, so I had to bring that up.
0: No, I didn't realize that at all. And maybe it's because they took Dwight Howard out of that rotation.
1: Rightfully so, but, but yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, rightfully so. But now that's another aspect of the game that the Lakers are just going to have to concede defeat in.
1: I'm asking because they, as they face rebounded.
0: Embiid. Oh, Absolutely. So, oh, absolutely. That's why yeah, I'm asking. No, so, so, and we all know that Anthony Davis. It's funny. Anthony Davis is back in the lineup, and LeBron is still playing the five. Yeah, Anthony Davis is back in the lineup, and LeBron is still playing the five because Anthony Davis is such a crybaby and doesn't want to play the five because he grew up as a guard and he just had a growth spurt and he wants to continue his guard mentality. I have so many issues, like Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis literally can be. I don't think there's many players that I could say could legitimately have an MVP shot playing next to LeBron. But Anthony Davis, peak Anthony Davis that isn't bitching, that isn't getting hurt and all that has a legit shot at an MVP playing next to LeBron.
1: The truth he will is never I never get there. I he think he never get to that. Anthony Davis even not even when they won the championship. But Anthony Davis to me the peak Anthony Davis was that playoff series against Portland. When they had Boogie Cousins, they drew Holiday, and they smacked the crap out of them. They swept them. It was a destruction. Anthony Davis in that series, I know it was a good matchup, but hear hear me out. That might have been the most talented big man I've ever seen. Yes. Because under no circumstance in that series do I believe anybody could have stopped him. He was just walking in, to about 40 and 15 every game. He looked like the guy, like the guy that everybody said he was going to be after college.
0: That was supposed to be what he was supposed to do the duration of his entire career.
1: And he, he was very good in New right Orleans, there. but people yes. realized when he was on the big stage in that series where they swept, he was just on a level that really I have good. not seen any other big man reach Portland in my was lifetime. Really good
0: too. They were like third. I think they were third in the East. I mean, New Orleans was three. Yeah. New Orleans was six. They were three. So that's why it makes me, that's why it makes it so hard for me to fade the Lakers in any situation in a championship run, in a playoff series, and sometimes even in a game, because I know that if Anthony Davis plays to the level that Anthony Davis is capable of, Nobody will stop them. I don't care if he and LeBron do it all themselves, they will win that game. Because the talent between the two is phenomenal. And they can actually play together. Like, legitimately feed off of one another. But I don't see Anthony Davis getting there. I don't see him getting back to that. I don't see him getting back to that level for the rest of the season. And... Until he just gets out of the puny mindset he has. Because literally, it's, it, we talk about positionless basketball all the time. Just go be the fifth guy on the goddamn court. And if, it's, if, it, if the biggest player is on the other side, you take him. You're the biggest player on your team. So it's just he, he avoids all center smoke. Don't, please don't tell this man he's playing a five. Just tell LeBron for the rest of the season, all right, LeBron, you're playing a five. AD, fine, you can be the four. Like, fine. Little fucking child. He's so good. So good. I don't think, I think he's too far. Like, he hasn't played enough, and so I don't expect him to get to that height. So that's why I'm on Philly this game. But he's so good, and he's the only person in the league, the only person in the league that I can say wholeheartedly, playing next to LeBron, that they are still an MVP candidate.
1: By the way, I, I pulled up the numbers for Davis in that playoff series against Portland just because I was curious. Uh, he averaged 33 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game, 2.8 blocks per game, 1.8 steals per game, shot 57.6% from the floor, 81.6% from the line. It was one of the most You're dominant playoff series steals, I've seen by a big three man. Three steals
0: in a and time. two blocks. Yeah. I mean, two, three blocks and two steals a game.
1: I, I said it was the most dominant series I've seen in my lifetime by a big man. It might be a bit of a stretch, because I had to remember the Jokic series against the Clippers when they came back from 3-1 down. Like, yeah. that was stupid. But I do think that AD definitely has a gear that if he can somehow recapture, I don't think he can. But if he can, the Lakers are a threat to win the whole thing, because he's that like, good. But-
0: and so that's ultimately where my only handicap for the Lakers can be in the playoffs and why I can't necessarily fade them in the playoffs because, holy fuck, if he catches that gear, because now he has a whole second half of the season to get going again. He can. There is a very real possibility that by the time they get in the the playoffs, he catches that gear again.
1: I'm just not sure how many injuries he can have to his lower half before it's obvious that he's lost a step or two. Yes, absolutely. But for this game itself... Uh, I have issues with both teams, which is really what makes it concerning because it's a primetime matchup between two teams that are supposed to compete for a title. I don't really buy either of them competing for a title right now, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with the Lakers just because I do think that the Lakers with AD have some untapped potential where they could be undervalued. Despite being 500 there is a chance that the Lakers could potentially go on a run for eight games, ten games, whatever, with AD. So they are a bit undervalued. As for Philly, I mentioned how good Embiid's been, and yet they're still struggling against the Pelicans. They're struggling against the Spurs. They had to come from behind to beat the Pelicans at home in their last game. So Philly, I know what they are. They're a pretty good team with one insanely good player and a bunch of mediocre role players. The Lakers have two potential superstars. One is one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time. I guess I'll hold my nose and take the Lakers just because I do think they have a gear to them that people aren't sure if they actually have or not, but they might. Philly, I know what they are. They're a pretty good basketball team. So I'll Mm -hmm. I'll gamble on the upside. Yeah... Do you think AD um, can somewhat contain Embiid or no? Because if AD holds Embiid, let's just say the 30-point streak is how broken. Times,
0: how many times does AD, does AD even try to accept that matchup tonight?
1: I'm saying I think I he has know. to, right?
0: I mean, they, they don't play Dwight.
1: To. They don't play anybody. DeAndre hasn't played a month.
0: I don't, know if they, I don't know if they don't play Dwight here. Because they know that MB is is there, I, and they know that AD is not wanting no smoke with them. will play a little certain, bit, but I'm not certain that Dwight doesn't start in this game.
1: Yeah, he'll play a and little they, bit, but we would agree that AD for the crunch time should be guarding MB. Has to, should be, should yeah. be, absolutely. So assuming, MB is gonna, yeah. Sorry, I think so. MB has a very
0: good chance to get whatever he wants, and I think that it would literally be through turnover that AD would make... I don't think AD is going to stop him from scoring. He would literally have to force him to put the ball on the ground and force the turnover.
1: So I'm going to ask you a question here, which I guess is why I'm kind of looking at the Lakers. Let's just say Embiid's 30-point streak is broken. Let's say he scores 28. Mm -hmm. Do the Sixers win the game? Probably not. Like, they need Embiid to score 35 every game. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Lakers and hope that down the stretch... 80 can at least make Embiid somewhat uncomfortable.
0: I'm going to take Embiid 35 and win.
1: That was going to be my counterplay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. my <laughs> counterplay. I mean, <laughs> I if, say, if yeah, we're going to win, 80. Embiid's going to go off.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm going to take Embiid 35 and win. I, I just. So, looking at this game against the Nets, this is actually the rotation that I've wanted for the Lakers this entire season. Minus Avery Bradley starting, but still, they Melo twenty three minutes, Malik Mont twenty eight minutes, Austin Reeves twenty five minutes, Taylor Horton nineteen. But he was zero for six, so I'm not playing you. I'm not doing shit. That is it. If all they can this line, this this line up here. With the addition of what Avery Bradley and Stanley Johnson can, and even AD can provide on the defensive side of ball, and even Lamar, Lamron's been playing a lot better defense. What well, they can provide on the defensive side of ball, just a little little small nudge, and what everybody can do offensively, this team can be in a hundred twenty point range. Like they can be in the hundred twenty point range. I think Malik Monk can go off at any point in time. Melo can go off at any point in time. Reese can go off at any point in time. Sailor Hunt can go off at any point in time.
1: I think 120 is a bit of a stretch because Johnson and Bradley are not exactly good offensively. But I mm-hmm. do think that if they score 110, they're not automatically giving up 115 anymore. No, they're not. So, and so, they don't need 120, but I think 120 is a bit of a stretch.
0: Okay. I I'll respect it. Yeah, I like that. Ultimately, for this game, and you know, not talk to talk about the Lakers season, but for this game, I don't think that there's an answer for Embiid. I don't think there's an answer at all. I think that national TV against the Lakers coming into Philly, Embiid is actually going to try more to show out. And where I'm concerned is actually Tobias Harris. And does, does Tobias Harris keep it going this game?
1: Yeah, he was he good for going. once last game.
0: Yeah, he was. He really was. 33-11. He missed, what, six shots. Yeah. So, very, very efficient. He has to get going. It's going to lean on him. And then it's also going to lean on Tyrese Maxey because the Lakers can't stop the guard position. So, Tyrese Maxey is going to have, have a really nice
1: game. I am going to ask you a counter thing, though, about the Sixers quickly. I know the podcast getting a bit long. But yeah. the Sixers, of course, have had Embiid go nuts offensively. How the hell do you give up 29 points to Willie Hernan Gomez? Oh, shit, they did. Like, what, Is Philly just – You know like, – Are they just conserving Embiid's energy on offense they're just letting the opposing center? Because I know Bamba in that game Embiid had 50. Didn't Bamba have like 30-something points?
0: Yeah, he did he did like he went he had like 20 I think it was like 28 in the first half.
1: Is that the trail off? You know, are they just letting him drop 40 but they're letting opposing centers drop like 20? Cuz that's what I've noticed. And that's
0: and wow, I might actually switch over to the Lakers. Uh, I really don't want to bet Lakers. But if AD has a, don't. if AD trust, has trust a game instincts. if AD if AD has a no, so that's really what it is. It's really a fate of AD being back in form. Cuz if AD yeah. has a game, I think they win.
1: Do you think he's on a minute restriction? He only played 25 against the Nets. I think of course it was kind of a even blowout. Even in 25, but... he could, I think
0: even in 25 he can get 25 points.
1: Oh, how how much do you think they bump him? Do you think they bump him to potentially 30 if it's close? Oh, if
0: he oh, if he gets thir- if he gets 30 minutes and you're telling that 80 is is guaranteed for at least 30 minutes tonight, then i 100% take
1: like. If but it goes literally... to overtime, do you play him in overtime even if it's over your you have to. count? You That's you have what I'm to. asking.
0: Yeah, I feel like you have to.
1: I think you do, but some teams might be concerned about rushing a guy back. So that's why I'm asking. I'm trying to think of uh, all the. Well, scenarios. yeah,
0: you definitely, definitely a guy like him for sure, and a fi- what you expect to be a physical matchup because even though he's ducking smoke, Embiid wants all of AD, and that's mm-hmm. what he's going to be his primary defender. Yeah. So it's going to be physical, and that's ultimately where I was like, Embiid is going to be his going to be the primary defender, and I don't think AD is just going to have that game today, and that's where they're going to fall. But, if eight, but ah, 100% – and maybe that's my counterpoint for taking the Lakers. That's my hedge option is I'll take in, uh, an Anthony Davis 25 and a win. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. I'm, tr- I'm trying to see if there's any props up on AD. I don't see any boosts right now. I yeah, see LeBron. No. I, I don't see any on AD, though.
0: Yeah, he probably be later in the day, like b- closer to game time when they get more information on what's, what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, but for me, I like your play. If Philly's going to win, you can take Embiid 35-plus because he needs to play well if they're going to win. But I have acknowledged the fact that Embiid defensively has kind of been a mess lately on how the opposing centers have performed. But I'm also Mm -hmm. acknowledging the the Lakers against the Nets team missing a bunch of guys gave up 18 offensive rebounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm throwing both those out there. Do what you want with that. so.
0: And I think the reason that Embiid is just so bad, like, letting people get whatever is because he's he has to put all his energy on the offensive side of the ball. Well, that's what it's I was saying. So I'm assuming that, it's a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's so hard. It's yeah. so hard. So maybe he does, you know, lock in a little bit more defensively for an AD. And, but I don't know with Seth being out and Shake Milton being out and you know, the injuries that they have right now that he can afford not to do everything
1: offensively. So, Maybe a play on the over is to play this game. I'm looking at the over because I am not sure either defense can stop the other team from scoring. Uh, the Lakers held the Nets to 96. Harden still had a triple-double with 30-something points. Did the Lakers play great defense, or do the Nets just have no shooters on the actual team? Because I'm pretty sure it's the latter.
0: Somewhere, I'm somewhere in the
1: middle. That's what I'm saying. But the Lake, you look at what the Nets did, and then of course they did well defensively, Mm-hmm. The Nets only scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, so for three quarters, the Nets actually looked decent offensively. I think that's why I like the over, because I do think both teams should get to around 110.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm all over the over. I'm, I'm on over in this one. I don't think that they hold Philly's offense down. Philly is slow, methodical, and they really get to their spots and yeah. you know make sure that they get their shooters. And I don't think that their defense is that good. I think that this is going to be an absolute offensive explosion by the starters of Philly, and the bench is going to have minimal, if any, impact. I'm actually talking to myself in the Lakers more and more. I really just don't want to bet the Lakers, but I'm, I'm talking to myself in the Lakers more and more because I think the Lakers bench can actually – Like, I don't think Philly is getting anything from their bench tonight. I think that this is literally going to be an offensive explosion by Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. Because I do think Maxie is the – and Maxie is probably the person who I will take points prop and step ladder some points props on and bet him up, alt him up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I think Maxi probably has a good game.
1: Uh, he kind of needs to. Y- yeah, he
0: does. Wow. This is uh,
1: – it's, it's a really tough I really game, to handicap. Line. Yeah, you don't really, know what to expect from AD. I really, really AD. Hate this line. I don't, really and don't know. And
0: AD is really – AD is really the factor. He's yeah. really the X factor. If I know for a fact I'm getting a good game from AD, I'm all over the Lakers. But the fact that I don't know that, because if AD comes out there and does 14 for 14 and 5, mm-hmm. it's not enough. It's I not going to be enough. All right. I'm, I said it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going Philly. Minus okay. 2.5. You're on the Lakers plus 2.5. I like the over. Yes. but I, I will actually have a play on over before I play a side on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on to the second and last game of these Slates. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to Golden State to play the Golden State Warriors. Golden State is favored by six.
1: I saw it was around five and a half last night. I'm not sure yeah, if there saw, are still no, five so and a half available or not.
0: It's probably it's got to be some five and a half available. But, let me look around and chop around, but Favored by even five and a half. My first instinct was to lock up Minnesota.
1: I think my question for you, let's just say Golden State beats Dallas by five points instead of 38. How much yeah. are they favored by? Probably three. Probably I, three or four. I, It seems like a massive overreaction to the Dallas game. Yeah, it has to be. This is You're getting into two possessions. You're in two possession territory right now.
0: So, it's six and a half. I'm looking at six and a half right now.
1: Okay. So, it's even going higher than, okay.
0: Yes. Right. So, and I, I don't get it because outside of that game, what has Golden State changed to make them better than what they've been playing the last five to seven games? Really nothing. It, nothing at all. They struggled against... Uh, depleted Jazz team.
1: They had a it's buzzer beater against Houston. They lost to the Pacers with nobody playing. I think that's the worst loss of the season, but that's just me. For any team. There's, that is not an overreaction at all. I for any team, I possibly. think that's the worst loss of the season. Oh, for any team? Um, for any team. I mean, going in, of course, the Wizards blowing a 35-point lead at home is the worst in-game loss, but going oh, into going a game, into at game at home, going in pre-game, you lost three home games yeah, the entire I think that's season.
0: Actually, yeah, no, that's actually worse than. That's bad. Any, yeah, that's worse than any of the Jazz's double digit losses. And there's a lot of them. That's yeah. worse than any of the Jazz's double digit, double digit
1: losses where they were favored. I don't know team. how you're going to find a uh, worse loss than that, besides maybe a team losing to Houston. But I mean, even Houston was out. playing guys. You're using a bunch of G leaguers and, and you lost to them. Yeah. No. Okay. Wow. I
0: didn't think about that. Good call. That's definitely the worst loss of any team of the season. I can't think of anything else. I still love
1: the Warriors as a team, but that's a pathetic loss. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Absolutely
0: terrible. So I just haven't seen anything that is going to come in here and tell me that they're about to completely switch that, switch, turn us around. And maybe it's the fact that, you know, uh, Wait, is Draymond even
1: back? I don't think Draymond's no. back. Draymond's out for another couple weeks.
0: So, no, Draymond's not. <laughs> like, and that's, what I, that's ultimately what I was, I was like, maybe I missed something and Draymond's back in this game. And that's why this is up a little bit. Because then I think that, okay, I would be interested. I'd be interested. But they're not doing anything different. They're the same team. Nothing is telling me that this isn't a close game or that the Timberwolves don't win this game. And I know that Steph didn't play in the last game where the Timberwolves dubbed them, but they don't have an answer for Carl Anthony Towns at all. Anthony Edwards was a shadow of himself that game. Now he's coming off a 40-while. And he's 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 given them 40 before this season. At 48. In the first meeting. <laughs> he was he told Steph I'm going fifty. <laughs> like, so I, I've told this to Moon off. It is a very hard sell for me to fade this Minnesota Timberwolves team when they have the trio of Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns playing. It is incredibly hard for me to fade that team. And I'm talking about even against the best. It is really hard for me to fade them against what the Warriors are doing right now. I, I I don't I don't see it, especially coming off a massive win like this. The night before, and they're getting six and a half. I'm mocking up the Timberwolves, man. Timberwolves plus six and a half.
1: So you found a six and a half. For the sake of this, I'll use six.
0: Six, lock it up at six. I lock it. I locked it up on the on Tally site at five and a half.
1: I got five and a half on Tally site and locked it up. So I am going to push back a little bit and disagree. And I yeah. understand all your points. Golden State had one great game. They've been struggling for two weeks, so I understand you're looking at the whole body of work. But this line movement I find extremely peculiar. And I think one reason why is because I know it was the. 10th game of the season for Minnesota, but Edwards had 48, Towns played, and Russell played. All three of them played, and with a 48-piece from Edwards, they still lost by 13. And I know that Wiggins, Draymond played in the game, so I know that that's also a factor, but Curry at 25, Wiggins with 35, which is a bit wild to me. But I'm going to go with Golden State, because I do think defensively, they have found something once again, where they had a bit of a, let's just say, a, a lapse defensively for a couple of weeks without Draymond. They've given up exactly 92 points in each of their last two games. But the one thing that I do think is worth monitoring for the Warriors, which is obvious, but it's worth mentioning, is Klay Thompson. Because mm-hmm. for the first time since he came back, Clay looked really good last he game. He went 6-for-12 overall. 3-for-5 from 3, 15 points in 26 minutes. He looked great. Curry only scored 18 points, and they dropped 130 on the hottest defense in the league. The Mavericks were putting the clamps down on everybody, and Golden State dropped 130 on their heads. So I am curious if Golden State's about to go on some type of warpath mission or they're about to just kill teams for about a week straight. Mm-hmm. I predicted that with Phoenix because they've, I don't think they've lost since I said it. Phoenix has been rolling. But I'm going to go with Golden State because at home, this team's still 22-4. Minnesota is a decent team overall. The big three I do like for them, but they have a losing record on the road. I'm going to go with Golden State because I do think the line movement is pretty telling to me, and I think Golden State might have found something. So give me Golden State.
0: I think the line movement, for me personally, looking at it and just kind of seeing where I see some sites say the money is at, I think it's just a response of everybody being going to state.
1: Well, it could be because of what happened with Dallas, but I am curious how much of that is a one-game all-stars or aligning situation, and how much of it is we're the Warriors, let's get it together, and they just decided we're going to get it together. Yeah, I think the Indiana loss is a wake-up call they needed. I would not be surprised if this
0: this ended in another Golden State game winner.
1: Okay.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if this ended in another Golden State game winner. I The defense is troubling. And I think it'll have an impact on some of the lower guys. But I think Anthony Edwards is going to come out here and come for blood. I think so, that D'Angelo Russell is going to come out here and come for – I think that I'm really just leaning on the big three, handling – 80% of this scoring, and it's still being a high-scoring game.
1: Well, I found one prop you're probably going to like. No Anthony Edwards, 35-plus points, plus 830. Just for 35. I don't just he- for 35. Don't to game. No 40. Just, just yeah, 35, right. no win attachment. Plus
0: yeah, 830. About yeah, about it. Yeah.
1: How about it? I, I knew so. you would like it. That's why I threw it out there.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, Clay's not really getting after it on the defensive side of the ball right now.
1: He's also playing about 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, so absolutely. I absolutely buy that. If Clay was if Clay was getting a full workload and he was blaming Clay then I would be I would be concerned for Anthony Edwards, I would cuz I think Clay can be locked down when he needs to be. So I agree. I would 100%. I would 100% be concerned for Anthony Edwards. And and just great I'm looking at basketball. the over in this game. I am on the over. And which is crazy to say in a Golden State game, but I am on the over.
1: I mean, I have I to. This, this they scored one thirty score. against Dallas last game. Like offensively, they could go for one twenty anytime. I don't think, that, and
0: I don't think that they slow down offensively. I just think that Minnesota keeps up. I think yeah. that that Cat D'Lo and Ant Man keep them in the game, and they get enough from the supporting cast that they keep up. And so, I will play the money line out of respect for Minnesota. I'm not enthusiastic about it. But I love getting six and a half, six and a half. I love getting six and a half right now.
1: Yeah, so for the sake of shopping, I'll take six, but I'll go with the Warriors. But yeah, I do six, like the over. Yeah, six, six, six and
0: a half. Uh, so we, we'll call it six. So you got Warriors minus yeah. six. I got seven Wolves plus six. Um. I mean, I don't even –
1: I mentioned the Locking Edwards prop, even though I like Golden State to win the game personally, mm-hmm. plus 830 for 35-plus points for a guy who dropped 48 on them earlier this season, I got to play that anyway on principle. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. I think that they're, you're basic, they're basically saying that this Golden State defense is going to keep them in check, and I don't think they can. They've let people go off before. They've let individual players
1: go off before this season And we know Edwards is not afraid to shoot the ball 30 times a game if he wants to.
0: He he shot 27 yesterday. That's what I'm saying. So So if he goes for for 20, whatever, I'll
1: take my chances.
0: Oh, and then don't – do not discredit D'Lo going off in this game. And D'Lo having the 30-point game, that could very much as well
1: happen. Let me get a price on that for you. I Um, yeah. So 30-plus, D'Angelo is 11-to-1. The,
0: the issue for going to state and what's going to be if, – if Timberwolves dominate them rebounding the basketball, it's going to be slow. It's going to be slow for them. If Timberwolves – Now, Timberwolves have had issues throughout the year as a team because they have two very good rebounders in Cat and Vanderbilt. But as a team, they, they're not really that good. If they dominate rebounding – over the Warriors, it's going to be a long game for them. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about stable duel as we try to figure out what the heck are we going to do about lock and dog with this two-game slate. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies especially if you are brand new to the sport check out stable duel a fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes pick your horses build your stable and play against others and move up the leaderboard win as much as $15,000 with one entry and this saturday they even have a $40,000 contest do you don't know anything about horses? Cause I know I don't, I just kind of, Hey, there was a horse. Oh, what was it? There was a horse that won a race and then, and the name was the Knicks. And I, I know if I knew that I would have bet on them. As soon as I saw that happen, I don't remember what race it was. I don't remember what it was, but there was a horse and in the horse name was Knicks. And I know for a fact that would have told me, Hey, it's a sign to bet on that horse. And I'm really pissed that I didn't do it either way. Don't know anything about horses. Not to worry, this app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. Last weekend was PropSwap's biggest week ever as bettors from across the country cashed in on their Super Bowl futures. Like Zach from Colorado, who sold his $100, 150 to $1, Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1,500. Zach locked in his profit when he turned his bet $100 into $1,500, and the buyer got better odds than any sportsbook. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds to collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. ProSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know about all the big sales and the red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and ProSwap will match your deposit up to five hundred dollars. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming to the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on your favorite player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their free player prop pool and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because because you can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way. It's totally free-to-play and you'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. And also, download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store, and it gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. So don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, Scott, we got to figure something out for a lock and dog today. Um, player prop, total, whatever you can, and something plus money related. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? If, if you got it, go ahead. I need some – I do this on the sc- fly. <laughs> As right. off Every time I'm here, I, I be doing
1: this on the fly. So I'm looking at a player prop because these sides are – Kind of brutal tonight. Um, I'm gonna look at LeBron, and I'm gonna look at points. It's at 28 and a half. That sounds too low to me. I mean, he's averaging 29 okay. per game, but he's put up 33 each of the last two. He had 29 against Orlando. He had 30 against Indiana. He had a couple of 25 point games, but before that, 34, 35, 32, 31. We talked about mm-hmm. how the Lakers might struggle to guard Embiid. Who the hell on Philly is going to guard LeBron? Tobias Harris? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Give me LeBron over 28.5 because we talked about how good AD is defensively. Offensively, he did not look like he was there yet. He had a couple of lobs against the Nets, but for the most part, we know LeBron is going to handle most of the offensive load here. 28.5 for a guy who's averaging over 29 points per game against a defense that really has no answers on the inside. And I mentioned how Embiid has been struggling defensively against opposing centers. That means his rim protection's not great either right now. So I do think LeBron should shoot enough and should get enough, I'd say, open opportunities to get down to really just get downfield or to down downhill is the word I'm looking for. To get downhill into the paint. I gotta go with the over on LeBron. Give me the over 28 and a half.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely nobody slowing down LeBron.
1: I'm not, no offense to Tobias Harris, but good luck to you. Yeah. All right. Do you think What's Tybal your... tries to guard him? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. What, what do you do? LeBron weighs, like, what, 70 pounds more than Tybal? I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't even think. I think Tybal has to go on
0: Russ tonight. And what makes me want to play Russ unders tonight. Okay. I t- Tybal has to guard Russ because there's nobody else – there's no, there's nobody else. He has to slow Russ down. I think you're wasting Tybal's
1: talent if you throw him on LeBron. Absolutely. All right. What, what's your dog? So my dog in this one is – I was thinking if I wanted to do a prop and cheat or if I wanted to actually go for uh, a potential money line here. But you know what? I'm going to go and take the actual spread here. I'm going to go with the Lakers. Okay. I feel like this is a good spot for them to make a statement that they are not as sorry as everyone thinks they are. Now, Philly's a team that I know with Embiid. Embiid's been great, but as I said before, they have not looked very good against even some of the weaker teams they've beaten. They struggled against the Spurs. They had to come from behind against the Pelicans. So even though they're winning some games, they've had A, a weak schedule, and B, they've been struggling anyway. I do think the Lakers, with the new lineup and with AD back, assuming they want to push him to 30 minutes or so, have a decent chance to win this game. LeBron can't be stopped, so I do think he can cancel out Embiid's potential 35 because LeBron could drop Mm -hmm. 35 himself. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that AD defensively just rejuvenates the team and that's good enough to at least piece it together for one 48-minute game. So, give me the Lakers plus two and a half. All right. I didn't want to give out two props. That's cheating. Hey,
0: look, I'm over here struggling because it's like I have leans and I have stuff that I like. Well, I feel
1: like Ultimately, your dog is set. I mean, you seem already set on Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah,
0: I'm set on Minnesota. So, I'll go ahead and give out my dog first. Yep. Yeah, plus 215, I will buy it. I, I, will, I will sprinkle on plus 215. Give me Minnesota. I'll take – The spread, I'm sure that they cover the spread, and I think that I can get some value on that as a dog, especially because just low expectations for them coming into this game.
1: I'll tell you what, though. If you do want one extremely fun option, I know we talked about it before, but I am curious what this price is. If you can combine Edwards 35-plus and Timberwolves to win, unfortunately that doesn't exist in the actual performance doubles, but you can make it yourself. So I'm actually curious what this price is going to be. Um, OK, hang on a second. Edwards plus 830. Throw that with Timberwolves' money line. and that comes out to plus it's about 23 to one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's about 23 to one if you think that Edwards carries the team with a 40piece and a W. I don't know if that's worth it. I think you're better off just taking the 35-plus at 830. But if you want to go nuts, it pays out 23-1. to Just giving you that information. Yeah, I'm actually going to sprinkle on that. Okay. I think I'd (laughs) rather sprinkle on just the regular 35-plus because I do think Golden State could win even if Edwards drops 35. But if you want to go for the combo, there you go.
0: Um,
1: all right. I feel like you're just going to go with beat over in points as you're locked. So that's what I'm
0: sitting here looking at. And I'm just because the Anthony Davis thing is really slowing me down on doing it. And it's at mm-hmm. 33 and a half. Is so that's that why we're both, half, on that's opp- we're both high. kind
1: of on opposite sides of AD, because if he's good then my Lakers play makes sense. If he's yep. bad, then Embiid's going to go for 35. Okay, I got my lot. I got my lot. I'm going to go off
0: the reservation. Give me Malik Monk over his points total. It's at 10.5. I don't know anybody on that, in that second unit of Philly that's going to slow him down. I think he's 10.5. you tell me Malik Monk can't get 10 points? Well, 11 points. I'm getting that at minus 118. I think that's a lot. Malik Monk is he may not be in the starting rotation, but he is definitely the fourth option, fifth option on his team. They go to him. They go to him to score the basketball. They go to him to get offense in that second unit. I think 10.5 is really, really generous, like super generous. It should be a little bit higher than that, and I think it's just because you don't know exactly what his minutes count is going to be any given night. Mm -hmm. But I'll take the chance. Malik Monk,
1: Over 10 and a half points. Well, just for reference, he played 28 minutes against the Nets last game. He had 22 points.
0: Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's actually pretty ridiculous. Okay. So, yep, I'm on Malik Monk, 10 and a half. I'm on the Minnesota money line. You have LeBron over, what's that, 29? 28 and a half. 28 and a half points and plus two and a half for the Lakers as the dog. Yep. Sprinkle on the money line.
1: Yeah, uh, you can go with the money line, too. Uh, Do I think the Lakers are going to win the game? Truth is, I think it's 50-50. But if it's Uh 50-50 and you're giving me plus money on a coin toss, I'm going to take the Uh plus money. Okay. Love it. Would you agree it's a coin toss for that game? It feels that way. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it is. I think it is, and that's why I didn't want to lock up Philly at 2.5. Yeah,
1: that's why I'm going to take the dog. But I
0: can also see – I can very much see a situation where the Lakers cover 2.5 and still lose the game.
1: It's possible. That's do. Yeah.
0: That's what they do. And so look, me and Munaf, wow, we really drug out this podcast for two games. I think okay. it was two
1: hours.
0: Yeah. So, all right, we're going to hurry up and finish this up. People are going to enjoy this. Uh, <laughs> this is why you don't let me in the driver's seat because Munaf will hurry us along. All right. So last thing, me and Munaf realized that these lower spreads, the, the, the lower spread team is actually covering and still losing the game. Like, with. The, the number one is the Bulls versus the
1: Thunder earlier this Shout week. How about Muscala, by the way? Buckets. Yeah. Yeah. In it's just end.
0: fucking ridiculous that there's no reason that <laughs> that I lost that spread. <laughs> you that know how funny lock. that
1: is, by the way, that they're down that was my four, lock. and they call a timeout to advance at the half court just to take a three-pointer that won't matter?
0: It, it, it's because that's how I'm like, there's no way they don't know about this. First of all, a game is way too big now, but – they they have money on these games. Like, there's no way. There's no way you do that and not think, "Oh yeah, we're about to fuck up somebody's spread right now." Because that there's no way funny. you think there's. There's no way you 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 truly think that you're about to get a four point play right now.
1: Mm-hmm. It now, made me laugh, but I didn't have it, so I'm sorry for your loss in that case. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's,
0: it's fucking ridiculous. It is. It is absolutely hilarious, and it, which makes it even funnier that the Wizards gave up a four point play to lose the game, but. Whatever.
1: I'm going to a rant on that next time, but I don't know what oh. the hell Beal was doing.
0: Oh, I can't wait to figure out what we talk about next time. The Thursday shows, man, look, I tell you, we get into it. We'll take up all your time and all of your, whatever your daily activities are, but you're going to enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. So Scott, let them
1: people know where you can find you. So you can find me at Rice show radio, R E I C H E O radio on Twitter. Besides that, of course, guest appearing on the NBA gambling podcast, the Propcast, still doing a bunch of editing for SGPN, and I'm happy that NFL playoffs, you know, are finally in the semis. We're in the conference title games. NBA still going strong. You got March Madness in about a month and change. A lot Mm -hmm. of good times coming up in sports.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Y'all know where to find me, at reallyreal underscore underscore on social media. And to not take up any more time of this incredibly long podcast, I still don't know what the heck I'm going to say at the end of my podcast, so I'm just going to sign off here with we are... Out. Basketball, give me, give me,
1: give me the ball Because I'm gonna, don't go get it! Basketball, give me, give me, give me